0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Had a beautiful picture this morning in in rehearsal. And uh, Lana was uh, out the front here singing with the team in rehearsal. And she had her eldest daughter with her. And they both had mics. And they were both singing together a duet unto the Lord. And it just gave an incredible picture of what this house is all about. It's about building generations. About building generations and training up, you know, our children in the ways of God. It was just an amazing picture. Maybe we'll see it one day. Um, We'll see it for sure. It was awesome. Um, I've been... Speaking over the last few weeks, a series about the church. Because I, I really believe that we've underestimated the value of the church. I really do. I know society has. But I tend to think that's even spilled over into the body of Christ. And there's nothing more important in this day, in the day that, that we live in, uh, than a strong church. Nothing more important to our community, our future as a strong church, and you only have to listen to news and, and witness all the, the uh, you know, strange ideologies that have risen up over the last you know, 20 years, and, and you're left shaking your head. It's like common sense just isn't existent anymore. It's not in reality. And the Word of God has never been more vital, more vital than in the day in which we live in a world that's spiralling through lack of absolutes, just spiralling through lack of absolutes. And Hebrews 13, 7 to 9 says, Remember your, your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. See, a strong church is built on the teachings of Jesus Christ. And it's not any more complicated than that. It's not any more complicated than that. The Word of God, what Jesus said, we obey it, it works. You see, the only time we we, we look for anything more complicated for that is if we're not willing to obey the teachings in the first place. We want to complicate it because we don't want to do what we know we're supposed to do. And that's why it's so important for every believer to grow strong in God. To go strong in God and become a strong believer. Not not just an attendee at church, but a strong believer. We've accepted this faith. Then we need to be strong in what we believe. We need to be strong about it. Not just, oh, well, you know, I go to church, I've asked Jesus into my heart, that's great, wonderful, but be strong about what you believe. And um, because a person who's built on the absolutes, taught by Jesus, cannot fail, cannot fail. A strong church is a result of, of strong believers because believers are the church. That's that simple. Believers are the church. So come with me to Ephesians chapter 2. And uh, let's have a look at a couple of verses here from verse 11 through to 13. It says, Therefore remember that formerly you who were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who called themselves the circumcised, which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Let's have a look at how we can build strong believers. Strong believers, just a simple three-point strategy here this morning. The first one in verse 12, he said, remember that at that time that you were separate from Christ. You've got to remember your past. Remember your past. And I don't know what it is about us humans, but we seem to forget pretty quick, don't we? We seem to forget our past pretty quick. And uh, I don't know what the, the tone was in the Ephesian church when Paul wrote this letter, but, but obviously you know, um, uh, he felt the need to remind them of, hey, wait a minute, don't forget where you come from. Don't forget what your life was like before you knew Christ. Let's just readjust. Let's just, you know, get to the basics here. Think back to what it was like before you knew Christ. And if you look in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, Jesus speaks to the church at Ephesus by starting off by commending them. Commending them for their hard work, for their, for their perseverance, for their discernment, for them not growing weary into very uh, hard circumstances. But then in verse 5, he says, Yet I hold this against you, that you have forsaken the love you had at first. Forsaken that first love. How does that happen? How does that happen? They got caught up with the doing and forgot about the being. We can get caught up with attending church and forget about being the church. It's that simple. We get so busy doing that that we forget who we really are. That's why it's good to think about the past, to forget, uh, not to forget but to remember where we've come from. Every time we start to feel that things are, you know, not fair, or we're doing it a bit tough, or circumstances aren't really going our way, or how bad we have it at the moment, it's a good thing to stop and remember the days before we knew Christ. It's a good thing to go back and remember what it was like because we forget that so quickly. And I'm certainly not prescribing that, you know, we dwell in the past, not at all. But it's good, you know, to remember where we've come from because we get so used to the here and now and think this is the way it's always been. Yet God has brought us so far. God has done so much. God has been so amazing. God has delivered us from so much, yet we forget that because of that circumstance or that that storm we find ourselves in today and think this is unfair, this is too hard, why God, why has this happened to me? Oh, no, wait a minute, remember where you came from. Remember what it was like. I know I do. I remember what it was like. Not pretty. I know for me, every time I remember what... It was like before I knew God, as I compare the two lives, I, I, I just, I'm always thankful. I'm always thankful. I'm always, I can't thank God enough for the opportunity that he gave me, for the opportunity that he gave me. And if you're doing it a bit tough right now, listen, remember your past when you were separate from Christ, and you will find there will be a thankfulness begin to rise up, even though the circumstances around you are tough. There'll be this thankfulness. There'll be a change of mindset, a change of thinking. Wait a minute. It's not real good right now, but you know what? It's not like it used to be. You know, he's brought us so far. We've had victory after victory after victory. Yeah, there's still battles that we've got to fight, but you know what? We win. We win because of him. We could still be lost, yet we're found through Christ. And that thankfulness will weaken the current disappointment that you feel, and you'll begin to appreciate what you have now much more. Second thing in verse 13 is about the present. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. After we've had a brief reflection on what life used to be like, you don't want to dwell there too much, but a brief reflection, a bit of an adjustment on what life used to be like in the past. I love it when it starts at verse 13, it says, but now. But now, yeah, you know what? That's the way it was. That's what happened. That's where we're at. But now, but now the present is totally different. But now I'm in front. But now I'm on a journey, a pathway that I cannot lose. You were separate from God. They were the Gentiles and the Jews. They were two different groups of people. There were those who had the promise of God for their life and those who did not. That's what it was like. But now, because of Christ, but now the two become one. But now there's no separation. And we reflect on the past to give us perspective, but now we embrace the present to build something of worth. Nothing can hold us back. Nothing can hinder us from building something of worth in our lives to make our lives count today. Why? But now. Doesn't matter what it was before, but now. But now you have every opportunity laid out before you in Christ. That's good news. What we could not do before because we had no access, no access to God, We fully embrace today because the possibilities are endless. I want you to get excited today. I know it's the 8.30 crowd. But I want you to get excited today because the possibilities are endless. You're not seeing them. That's why you're not excited. But can I tell you, it's not about what we see. It's about what we know. It's the truth we carry here that is our guide. Nothing else. Not circumstance or situation. It's the truth. I don't know which is worse. You answer this question. Which is worse, having nothing to build with or having everything but building nothing? Think about that. Which one's worse? You choose. Having nothing to build with or having everything but building nothing? See, before Christ, I had no idea how to build a great life. I had no idea. I was just repeating the failures of my my fathers. Had no idea. But now I have Christ. The question is, am I applying what Christ teaches so that I can build a great life? See, it's one thing not knowing. It's another thing knowing and not doing it. Amen? Amen? That's the challenge upon us, folks. And we're the latter. It's not that we don't know. It's not that we don't have opportunity. It's not that our eyes have been opened. We're not lost. We've been found. The question is, will we do it? Will we do it in the present? Will we do it now? Will we look at every situation that's not working in our life that we have access to and say, no, that's going to change today? Why? Because I'm no longer bound by that, but now that Christ has given me this opportunity, I'm taking a hold of it. You say, well, my marriage isn't as good as I'd like it. Well, change it. Change it. Sit down today around lunch and say, all right, bride, husband, whatever the situation, how do we make this better? How do we make this not suck? Amen? And then do it. Or should I suggest the, the greatest arbitrator in the world to lay this on the table and say, well, let's do this. Let's live this. Let's, let's make this the boss. And we'll obey this. Amen? Amen? Because now, now, this present, it's all we got. Don't waste it, don't lose it, the value of the present. What does James tell us in chapter 1, 22? Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. See, before I was clueless about building a better life, but now, but now I have no excuse. But now I have no excuse. I have everything at my fingertips to build a better life. i just got to choose it and do it. Got to apply it. Of course, there's things that are, you know, totally out of our control. Absolutely, I get that. But we do control the way we react to those things. We can't control those things that are out of our control, but we do control how we respond to those things. I may not be able to change the circumstances. I may not have the authority or the power to do that, but it's my choice how the circumstance changes me. It can make me bitter or better. Amen? Better or better. That circumstance is going to happen. I've got no control over it. Okay. But it's not going to change me. It's not going to change the truth that I carry on the inside of me. Because I'm not not governed by the circumstances in my life. I'm governed by the but now. I'm governed by God in my present. Amen? Yeah, I'll tell you what, you need to get excited. This is our present, folks. Don't let your eyes glaze over. This is, this is our present. This is our opportunity. We start now to build something great, something that the generations will flourish by. You bet. It's all before us. Because what we build now dictates our future. Number three. Verse 13 again, it says there that but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near, how? By the blood of Christ, by the sacrifice of Christ. The future's debt-free, folks. The future's debt-free. The price has been paid. The sacrifice has been given because he shed his blood. What was an obstacle for those before is no longer an obstacle for us because the sacrifice has already been given. He paid the price that we don't have to. So now we have a complete reversal of verse 12. Because it says, now we are no longer separate from Christ because of that sacrifice. We're no longer separated from Christ, no longer excluded from citizenship in Israel, no longer foreigners of the covenants of the promise, no longer without hope and without God in this world. So you have to say, on the balance of Scripture today, you have to say the future's looking good. The future's looking good. It's looking good. It's not dictated by the circumstances, it's dictated by the truth that I carry in my heart today. The endless possibilities that are in my future. You might say that, oh, you know, you're just being optimistic. Why wouldn't I be? When you believe this, why wouldn't you be optimistic? What's to be pessimistic about when the price has been paid and all that has been taken care of and all we have is an open future, a blank canvas, we can paint whatever we want on that thing? Amen? Well, you're not excited, I don't know. See, your future hinges on the truth you carry within you, not on the circumstances that are around you not on the circumstances that are around you. And honestly, I mean, I don't know what you're going through right now. But I can tell you from my own experiences, the last 10 years, (laughs) last 10 years have been a journey, Fanny and I, Um, diagnosed with stage 4 throat cancer 2009 Uh, dying of septicemia in ICU shortly after that or during that 2012 ruptured an artery in my heart playing golf (laughs) I tried to finish the round but I only got to the 17th hole I couldn't putt. The pain was so severe, I couldn't focus on the putting. So I said to the guys with me, I said, listen, I think I'm having a heart attack, I better go. <laughs> and uh, we swapped cards, because you mark each other's card, and uh, they let me go. And uh, that, was a, <laughs> that was a day. Ruptured an artery in my heart, rushed to hospital, and she beat me to the hospital. Um, She only knew it was me when she saw a pair of golf shoes coming out of the ambulance. (laughs) She said, that's him. Rushed through, rushed through on one of those emergency gurneys. I had people all around me. Um, You know, it's just like you see in the movies, folks. It's like there were were people doing all sorts of stuff, you know, putting needles in my arms, doing all sorts of things. There was one guy down around my groin and... uh, I remember laying there and I said to him, I said, "Uh, uh, mate, it's my heart. (laughs) Never been in that situation before. Didn't know what he was doing there, but I thought I'd remind him problems up here. Apparently they get through your main artery, through your groin, so I could rest a little easier. A bit of a cheap shot, you know, but... Survived that to just five days after that I had a cardiac arrest and actually flatlined um, and uh, I had the door shut. I had a monitor on thankfully and of course it registered out, code blue out in the hospital and and they rushed in. I I don't know what happened. I was gone. I was out and they brought me back with the, the paddles and back in ICU another time after that. I remember waking up and thinking, Aren't I going home? Why aren't I home? And they were worried because, uh, you know, when your heart stops pumping, it it stops blood going to your to your brain, and you you know um, you get a lot of problems from that. And they were giving me tests, and and Anne said, No, look, that's he's always been like that, you know. <laughs> <sighs> Which was another cheap shot, but. I couldn't say anything because I'm laying there, I've got tubes coming out of me, I'm in ICU, I can hardly talk, so I really couldn't rebut it, you know. (laughs) Last two years I've had severe diverticulitis. Severe. I mean, pain every day, every third day, you know, severe pain. I mean, crippling. Every four or five months in hospital, you know, with this diverticulitis. This year I've had four operations in four months. Um, last one was in uh, August, uh, no, July 31st and uh, that one worked. And so, you know, I'm pain-free today and incredibly dangerous, let me tell you. But here's the thing, I don't say that to brag. Matter of fact, I'd be, be happy to swap those stories. But any one of those circumstances could have divined my future. Any one of those, and to be truthful, nearly did. In some cases, um, I thought about stepping aside from, you know, pastoring the church more than once. More than once, um, in concern for the church that, you know, without a leader, you can't go forward. And so better they get someone else to lead than, than someone who is unable to lead, you know. Um, but I'm so glad I didn't. I'm, I'm so glad I didn't. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. You'll get paid later. Um. But compare my story to the Apostle Paul, and I've been on holidays the last 10 years. I mean, with what he went through, and yet still stood his ground in faith, still carried by the truth that was on the inside of him, not the circumstances that were around him. You know, anything is possible. And it's not the circumstances that divine, uh, define us. It's this truth that we carry. And uh, strong believers build a strong church. And I know, I know Christ Christ wants to build strong believers. And I want you to take up that that challenge today. You know, you might think you're doing it tough today and you might be going through overwhelming circumstances, and I understand that. But that's not the truth. That's not the truth. Don't get swallowed up in that. Look to the future, to the opportunity that you've got. Start living for those opportunities. Start living for the future now, today. That's your mindset. It's not about what's happening to me. It's about what, you know, is going to build me to take me to my future in Christ. Amen? Let me pray for you this morning. Father, thank you for your incredible word. Thank you that, Lord, we're not lost. We are not lost. It's not the way it used to be. You changed that. You called us and you, you opened your heart to us and you poured in your grace and your mercy upon us. Our life is not the same anymore. It is so much better. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for that. And, Lord, this present that we have, Father, we, 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 we know that there's more. We know that there's greater possibilities We know that there's so much we haven't done yet. So much we haven't accomplished. So much is required of us because you have given us so much. We won't waste it, Lord. We won't waste it. We won't let circumstance cheat us of the sacrifice that you paid to give us this amazing present and a great opportunity for the future. We're going to grab that today, no matter what it looks like in our world. And we're going to honor you with every breath because we are the church. We are the church. And we thank you for that, Lord, today. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand.